Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me on the Fox Sports app or foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. That is here. I'm back. Or at least I think I am. Thanks to all of you for the condolences and heartfelt support regarding the loss of my dad. I'm ready to get back on my podcast train and roll them out on the usual schedule until the 1st of January. That's when I'm ducking out of the country and off the grid for a week because, well, everybody needs a little time off now and then, and right now I'd say that I need it more than I ever have. Because I'm just getting back into my groove, this is going to be more of a potpourri version of a podcast than you're used to. I want to address a few reactions or comments that caught my attention over the last few nights involving the Warriors running over the Sacramento Kings Monday night and the Phoenix Suns taking the Los Angeles Lakers canes and walkers and beating them over the head with them for a never-in-doubt 108-90 win at the Crypt or whatever they're calling the Lakers home court these days. Granted, the Lakers were shorthanded in part because of COVID, in part because of Anthony Davis's sprained knee. And speaking of COVID, I will have a story out this week about how head coaches game plan and practice when they don't know from night to night, not only who they're going to be putting on the floor, but who they're going to be playing against. I don't think enough attention has been given to just how squirrely things are in the league right now. Uh, in any case, look for it on the app or, as I said, foxsports.com. First, though, I have to address the mess the TNT inside the NBA crew made of why the Lakers never had a chance against the Suns. Now, the crew is missing Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley, replaced by Keith Frazier and Candace Parker, which I generally wouldn't have a problem with. Not sure what has happened to my former Bleacher Report colleague, Adam Lefko, who I thought was Ernie's fill-in, but that's a question for another day. I'm 
a big fan of Shaquille O'Neal as an entertainer and as a person. And he was one member of the regular crew who was there Tuesday night. Uh, but while I appreciate him as an entertainer and as a person, not so much as a basketball analyst. I have mad respect for Candace Parker, and I've long thought that Kenny Smith was an indispensable part of the crew, and he was available as well. While Shaq and Charles provide the bombastic perspective of former star players, Kenny generally offers insight that ties together how games are actually won and lost. There's a reason he has the task of running to the big screen and breaking down film. He is sort of the solid ballast, along with Ernie. But Kenny and Candace let me down on this particular night. When Shaq presented the old trope that the Lakers needed a third star to join LeBron and Russell Westbrook for them to have a chance to win, citing that LeBron had 24 points and Westbrook had 22, and the other three starters, Taylor Horton Tucker, DeAndre Jordan, and Wayne Ellington, had a combined seven points as the reason for the loss. And Frazier piped in with, LeBron did all he could do. If that's truly the case, the Lakers are in big, big trouble. Now, normally, I would have expected Kenny to bail them out and explain why the Lakers were able to look competitive for a quarter before eventually getting rolled. But he didn't, so I will. It very much lands on LeBron and Westbrook that the Lakers couldn't keep pace with the Suns, and the rest of the starting lineup only had a combined seven points. Because LeBron and Westbrook could not create open shots for their teammates. They couldn't consistently beat their man, forcing defensive help, thereby creating open shots for Ellington, Horton Tucker, and Jordan. But you expecting those three to create their own shots? Certainly not against the Suns. That Mikal Bridges didn't need help defending Westbrook is not surprising, knowing what he did against Steph Curry a few weeks ago and the kind of player Bridges is in general. But to suggest that Westbrook did his job because he had 22 points when he also had seven turnovers against five assists is, well, it's kind of silly. I mean, box scores can't be trusted to tell the story of how a player performed, but seven turnovers against five assists kind of speaks for itself coming from your point guard. And LeBron wasn't much better as far as being a playmaker. His passes for the better part of the night were standing on the perimeter, surveying the floor, and looking for someone to get themselves open. Result? Two assists, two turnovers. The Lakers as a team finished with 14 assists on 34 made baskets. None of this was mentioned on inside. And for comparison, the Suns had 29 assists on 41 made baskets. This is not something that Kendrick Nunn or even Anthony Davis are going to fix. LeBron and Russ have to be shot creators, not just for themselves, but for the shooters around them. So if LeBron did indeed do everything that he could, and if that's all that he can do, the Lakers are in serious trouble. Now, I must also say, Lakers fans are a hilarious bunch, at least the ones I see on Twitter. 
They couldn't stop crowing last summer about how they were going to take the league by storm with Carmelo Anthony and Russ and AD and LeBron and Rajon Rondo. And now they want GM Rob Palenka's head for putting this squad together. They want to know why the Lakers went after Russ and not DeMar DeRozan now that DeRozan is blowing up with the Bulls. Well, here's why. And it's pretty simple. Because LeBron wanted an alpha to help him carry the load and kick AD in the ass, and he didn't see that in DeRozan. The same DeRozan he routinely dispatched when they were both in the Eastern Conference. Remember how they called Toronto LeBronto because of the way he cruised past them in the playoffs? DeRozan was on the other end of that. And that is why he chose Russ over DeRozan. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. By the way, I finally caught Space Jam 2 the other day. I watched it on my flight back to the Bay from the Midwest. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, Damian Lillard has a pretty big role in it as part of the Goon Squad. And I couldn't help but think about the revelation that LeBron, last summer, tried to recruit Lillard to the Lakers before they made the deal for Russ and Lillard turned him down. Clearly, there wasn't a quid pro quo deal involving Lillard's participation in Space Jam 2, but man, talk about a situation ripe for tampering or luring players to the clutch agency or just unfair inducements. It also should be noted, AD was traded to the Lakers 10 days before filming of Space Jam 2 started. Just imagine, hey man, Come join me with the Lakers and I'll put you in my movie. That's a pretty hefty inducement for someone like AD, especially with the way his character was portrayed as this ruthless, terrifying force. I did find it interesting that AD kind of disappears at the end of the movie's contest between the Goon Squad and LeBron's Looney Tunes team, sort of like, well, you know. Now, while the Suns won in convincing fashion, thanks in part to Devin Booker's return from a seven-game absence, I was disappointed to see that his shot selection has not improved. And I'll say it now, if that doesn't change, it is going to keep the Suns from ever winning a championship. Yes, Book finished with 24 points on 8-for-16 shooting, but the reality is the eight misses were shots that shouldn't have been taken. The dude takes the most low-percentage, off-balance, ill-advised shots I've ever seen a player with great shooting fundamentals take. He is a beauty to watch shooting the ball. I don't have a problem with misses or a player being aggressive. But there's just too many times it's apparent Devin has made up his mind. He's getting a shot off on a particular possession, and it doesn't matter from where or how. And this is when he has Chris Paul right there setting a prime grade A example 
of how you play an efficient brand of basketball, how you consistently get to your spots and create quality shots for yourself. And Devin appears to be oblivious to that. Maybe it's the impetuousness of youth. Maybe he grows out of it. I don't know. But it's painful to watch. And I had some hope that having his game gradually deteriorate during the playoffs last year would lead to a different approach. The item from the Kings-Warriors game is also a source of pain. I truly have no interest in sounding like a cranky old writer who finds fault with the next generation in my field. But I'm also aware of how much the view of the media industry has fallen in the eyes of a lot of people. And it saddens me. Because from where I sit, a good deal of it is justified. What I'm seeing is that there is no accountability for subpar work or mentoring. And I would venture to guess that is because a lot of outlets do not have editors who understand the business, who ever actually reported or were out in the field writing stories themselves. So how are they going to mentor the young reporters that they are hiring? I'm happy to say at Fox Sports, we have some great editors. I, I know because I'm working with them. And all I can say is this. There are writers right now out of work who are far better than the ones with beats or jobs. The reason those writers are not being hired is pretty much the same reason that veteran NBA players aren't being signed or, or in the G League hoping to get signed, in spite of all the absences with COVID, uh, a topic that I'm going to explain in an upcoming podcast. But the result is I have to hear a reporter afraid to ask a direct question of stand-in head coach Doug Christie about a beef between Buddy Heald and Mo Harkless and then have the entire media contingent in attendance accept the lame explanation that Christie gave. A lame explanation that never would have happened, I believe, if he had been asked a proper question in the first place. But he wasn't. Now, I don't know the reporter who asked it, but here's how he asked about what prompted the verbal spat, which were the reporter's words, between Harkless and Heald in the King's huddle between the first and second quarter. I know it's not that unusual to see something like that, but is that kind of a sign of guys holding each other accountable as you go through this stretch? I mean, holy hell, I've never missed Marty McNeil, the legendary Kings beat writer for the Sacramento Bee, more than I did hearing that question, or reading the reports off of Christie's response. One writer actually wrote this. It's unclear what sparked the heated moment, but Harkless was not happy and directed most of his frustration at Heald. To outside observers, it appeared the Kings might have had an issue brewing, but acting head coach Doug Christie had a positive outlook on spat between Heald and Harkless. As a reporter, it's your job to find out what sparked the heated exchange. I didn't watch the game, and the NBA League Pass inexplicably did not allow me to watch a replay of the game a day later because it occurred in my market. But my guess is, Heald wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, and it undermined Harkless's ability to do his job, whatever it might have been. What it was and what happened... Those are the details that I need. Those are the details I dare say that you need 
so that we can determine whether it's a legit beef or that Harkless was right or whatever. These kind of exchanges do happen from time to time. But if Harkless was holding Heald accountable, as the reporter suggested, what was he holding him accountable for? In any case, it's not the reporter's job to suggest that the appearance of an issue brewing was actually a positive development because Christie suggested it was. You can say Christie tried to spin it into a positive because that's what he did. But two guys yelling at each other, and it actually looked like Harkless was pretty much just yelling at Heald, in between the first and second quarter isn't a positive development. It's unusual. Spats like that generally occur with the game on the line, as when Draymond Green and Kevin Durant infamously got into it on a last possession. But first to the question, since when is it the job of a reporter to provide an answer in the forming of the question and a bailout answer, nothing to see here answer? Marty Mack would have simply asked, why were Buddy Heald and Mo Harkless yelling at each other in the huddle? But that wasn't asked, so Doug Christie had the opportunity to say this. For me, you guys, and I don't know because everybody's different, but that's good. You care. Like, you've got to pull. Show me that this is what you want. On top of it, that we constantly ask for communication. They're communicating. How they are communicating? I'll leave that up to everyone else to judge. And the fact that they worked it out together and then we keep it moving, I'm so here for that because if you hold it in, what happens then? Now apparently there was another exchange later in the game between Harkless and Heald and this one was more civil. For a team 13 and 19 though, that has already fired one head coach this season, the Harkless-Heald dynamic is easily the most interesting aspect of this team. If I'm writing that game story, that's all I care about. A journeyman power forward taking to task the team's second leading scorer is not something you see every day. It's emblematic of why the Kings are where they are. It's not something to be swept under the rug as just one of those things that is not unusual to see. All right, that does it for this salty version of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm thinking in the next episode, I will get into why we have all of these proven veteran NBA forwards who, in spite of all of the missing players because of COVID, are still struggling to get signed. There's a very good reason. It's the business of the NBA. And I will explain that in the next episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 